to EST. If you love the established church, this is the place to have conversations about why the established church matters, how to better serve her, and to hear stories every week about how God is using the church for His glory and our good. The show is hosted each week by Sam Rayner, Josh King, and Micah Fries. We're glad you're here. What's up and welcome to another episode of EST, the podcast for established church leaders by established church leaders. My name is Josh King and I am joined as always with Sam and Micah. How are you guys? Merry Christmas. Uh, it's, it's not Thanksgiving yet. <laughs> yes, it's it's about to be Christmas, one of my favorite times of the year. I'm all it's about to be Thanksgiving, year, one of my favorite times of the year. <clears throat> Thanksgiving is awesome. You can I love Christmas. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a really cool road bump on the way to Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. It's uh, Did you see what I tweeted the other day about reindeer? No, I didn't see it. Every time a Christmas song is played before Thanksgiving, a baby reindeer dies. Oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm with you, Josh. October should be Halloween. November should be Thanksgiving. That's right. And December should be Christmas. I, so, I don't. Why is this so hard? I, I listen to it's Christmas not. music in July. Yeah. Um, and killing here's my reindeer. argument, and I think you guys are p- profoundly illogical. Hmm. Hmm. I like steak in July as much as I like it in December, and I'm not going to hold off on eating steak in July just so that come December, it's really meaningful to me. I'm going to have it in July and December. Because steak and Christmas music are the same thing. Seriously. My point is any good thing is something to be enjoyed whenever we have the opportunity to enjoy it. And it's a good thing. I like Christmas music. Not just because it's nostalgic. And I do think this is a big difference. I like it not just because it's nostalgic. I like it because I think it's good, especially like Mm. Andrew Peterson's Christmas music, that sort of thing. I'm not disagreeing with some of that logic there, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about like, you know, frosty and Christmas lights that are already up and it's not Thanksgiving yet. Well, oh, and at the time of recording this, for those for sure. of you who are listening, we're a couple of weeks away from Thanksgiving. Um, I know this will drop a couple of days before Thanksgiving, but the, it doesn't matter if it's an hour before Thanksgiving. This is uh, wrong. I'm okay with it all the time. I love, and here's what here's what I don't understand. I love Christmas. I, I enjoy it. I like the time. I don't know why I have to be called a Scrooge just because I want to celebrate it for, you know, well, 30 sure. days instead that's of okay. 70 days. You are a Scrooge, but that's okay. Well, a little bit. I like you anyway. Yeah, I love, I love, we, I love we, Thanksgiving. And I love Halloween. We do decorate our palm trees year round, <laughs> but I don't know if that counts. It doesn't count. <laughs> That's my. Now I will say this: I love Christmas. I hate cold weather. My idea of white Christmas is Bing Crosby on the fifty inch. You know. Uh, give me Christmas with palm trees and, and mm. shorts and T-shirts, man. That's that's what I'm talking about. No, see, I like it all together. I like the weather. And that's part of the reason why I like it to be, you know, Christmas is in the deep winter time when everything's dead and cold. And I love that. That's why I love Halloween. I love the feeling and the neighbors and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I love Halloween, but don't celebrate it in like July because I'm not a psycho. We, we recently see, did our fall fest at church and it was mm-hmm. 90 degrees. I don't That's think cool. there's any holiday that I love outside of Christmas. I mean, I, I like holidays and they're fine and I enjoy them, but I love Christmas. It's the only holiday that I really love. Mm. Yeah, I don't know that. I, I mean, I, I enjoy them all. Well, you love just said you love strong work. You, you, you said love you holiday, loved Halloween, and I that's what I was it. thinking through. Right, right. I don't. I just don't love Halloween, or I mean, I love Christmas. So this is going to be our annual holiday episode in which we're going to talk about. Um, just how holidays, um, which is Christmas and Thanksgiving, we don't mean any disrespect. We're not taking Christ out of Christmas by using the word holiday. So if that got you all upset, then uh, 
calm down. If that got you all upset, it's time to relax. It's time to relax. And, you know. As I tell people, when the the attendant at Target, (coughs) excuse me, sorry about that. When the attendant at Target doesn't say Merry Christmas to you, you're not being persecuted. And when you grumble back Merry Christmas, you're not practicing evangelism. It's time (laughs) for some folks to just sort of chill out a little bit. Yeah. And this is our show, so we can say that. So, uh, chill out. You're you're making the rest of us look stupid. So... (laughs) I'm I'm not going to comment on this. Um, Sam no, Sam knows that I'm about to get some nasty emails from somebody, <laughs> and he doesn't want to participate in those emails. Know, uh, I also don't think it's sacrilegious to use Xmas, but you know, I'm just that kind of crazy person. Well, well, because the Greek, right? It's the Kai and the Rose. It's the Kai and the exactly right. So mm-hmm. come on, everybody, chill out. Quit using Jesus' birthday to get mad at everybody. That would be a good idea. So, uh, the, some of the topics that come up when we're talking about holidays is uh, how they disrupt your service flow, your your rhythms. I think another one that's a big deal for me is just how to keep like your sanity. You need to keep like some sort of semblance of resting. I don't think that when God tells us to rest, he meant like rest, oh, except for when you're worshiping me, you know, like, you know, drive yourself crazy into the ground for a month and a half. So... There needs to be some sort of semblance of rest of taking it, enjoying what you're doing, maybe not doing the things you don't enjoy. So let's talk about that. What's what's a, what's the hot issue when it comes to holidays for you guys? At our church? I guess. Yeah. I mean, this is a podcast about leading churches. So <laughs> He's introducing you to the podcast, Sam. Yeah. I mean, whether or not, I mean, this year it was whether or not we should buy new Christmas decorations. Hmm. You know, for we've, the had what? Our, we've had our trees for too long and they're falling apart and we had to find some money to go buy new ones. Do you have to like uh, have a conversation about that or can you just do that? Uh, well, we, it was not a budgeted line item. Uh, so, the, the people see. who do decorating, we need to go, we, we needed to go find them some money. Gotcha. I'm tracking on that. But everyone handled it well. It wasn't really a hot issue. It was just one of those pastor things that come up like, hey, the trees are falling apart. We don't want them to fall on a child. So, do we get new Christmas decorations or not? I love that. How how children's safety is always an issue. I, I was there's this guy asking for money. Um, he wanted it was another church. They wanted to renovate a part of their church because they wanted to have larger meals. And uh, his justification was that the table was too close to where people walk by, and uh, if you bump the table, you might spill something hot on a child. So that's good. I was like, wow, wow. Yeah, that's that's definitely something I don't want to happen. So I love people. (laughs) No, do you guys do you guys decorate your churches? Yes. I don't personally. So we do you use the pagan symbols of Christmas trees? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. We decorate in our BX, our modern venue and at our other campuses, but in our sanctuary in particular, I love it. We do a hanging of the greens, not an actual service, but we have a hanging of the greens. They have a ton of people who come and show up and volunteers and they play Christmas music and drink hot chocolate, I think. And then it's gorgeous. I love it. It's a very traditional, you know, big, huge ceiling, chandelier, columns, pillars, and all these Christmas decorations and it really looks pretty. I, I love it. It's one of my favorite things to see all year. We we, we have a, a more classic traditional looking space as well and we definitely decorate it up and our team does a phenomenal job. I I like it. I like it as well. Hmm. We um, So shout out to Tina Cope and her team here at Second Baptist who does all of that decorating. They're already planning and they'll, they'll put out, um, you know, at least last year. So that's my only experience here. We have a very, um, I guess, modern 
campus look and feel. So, um, but lots of traditional things like trees and and um, those sort of things that are just beautiful. I mean, when you walk into the the uh, lobby there, it's just beautiful. And they'll put up a couple of different photo opportunities around the lobby, and so you can take pictures with your family throughout the month of December, and especially on that, you know, Christmas service times. So, um, yeah, I like it. I enjoy it a lot. I think it's really. Pretty. Our city does a lot of Christmas decorations. We have a lot of roundabouts. It's what our city's kind of known for in the area. And in the middle of the roundabouts are these Christmas decorations. The Christmas tree is already up downtown. So uh, all that kind of stuff. So a lot of fun. Yeah. So, so, so talk to a little bit about what you guys do in terms of service. Like what, what special things happen at your church during Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's uh, in terms of like meals, worship services? Like what do you do? What are the what are the traditions at your church? Hmm. We don't have many traditions and we don't we're not big event driven. So we don't we don't do a lot of big productions, although I would be open to it. I'm not opposed to it. It's just not, not something we've done. So everybody heard Sam say that he thinks big events at your church during the holidays are a problem that Jesus doesn't like them. That's what he said. No, not at all. Not at all. (laughs) We just, we just, we just don't go there. You know what we do? And uh, we take our last Wednesday night. So we have Wednesday services, uh, Sunday, Wednesday is kind of when we do our services and we take our last Wednesday of uh, like th- this year, it's uh, December 18th, I think it is um, before Christmas. And uh, we get together, we bring, um, w- we sing some carols and then we take gifts uh, to all of our uh, homebound people, shut-ins, widows and things like that. So the whole church gathers to go visit with those who are um, not able to come uh, as often. So, that's one of my favorite things that, that we do. That's a really mm. cool tradition. I like that, Sam. Yeah, can, yeah. And it, it works lot. well because, you know, that last Wednesday before Christmas, a lot of times, you know, your crowd probably is not as big as it typically would be. Um, and so we kind of push people and push our deacons and, and push uh, those who are wanting to serve like, hey, uh, you know, let's let's get out there. Let's go visit people that would, you know, might not get a whole lot of attention typically. Um, and it, and it's really been a neat thing to do. We and we have enough older folks in our church to where there are plenty, plenty of places that uh, our people can go visit. That's like really that. really cool. I like that a lot. Josh, what about you, man? So ours is probably you know the most simplistic of everybody, but um, we so traditionally a couple of weeks before Christmas, there's a during all of the services. It's more of a musical driven service, so. It's not um, kind of frosty sort of songs, but it is, uh, um, you know, like worshipful Christmas themed songs. There's usually a theme that goes along with it. And um, it's been called different things. It's called Christmas in Conway now for last year and this year. We're calling it Christmas in Conway. So we have it a couple of weeks before Christmas. And this week we actually moved it even up further. So it's it's like the second Sunday in December or yeah, or maybe the first. And the, the the reason we moved it up so early is because we are a college town. And so a great number of our attenders and our town leave um, during the Christmas season. So Christmas will be a little bit more low key in the town. It's very kind of quiet. But so that's our big thing that we do. And then the Sunday before Christmas is less visitor driven and more sort of like family kind of feel to it. So we've just traditionally in the churches I've served in before and this one now is there's cookies and uh, cider. And so like kind of like 
I really one of the things I really love is when you walk into the the building on uh, Sunday, the Christmas service. There is it smells like Christmas, and so um, the smell of cider and fresh baked cookies and all that kind of stuff. That's something that I really enjoy. Um, so that happens, and uh, those are our two main things. We don't do um, a Christmas Eve service if if Christmas is in the middle of the week. We do it um, depending on the year and how it falls in the calendar. So mainly there's a big Christmas service and then that Christmas in Conway. Those are our two kind of big deals that we do. So, And this is where I disagree with you, Josh. Yeah, you no, should you have a year. Christmas Eve service. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've talked about it before. I, I, I just have a different take on it than you guys. Um, as far as our staff, our leadership, we appreciate not doing that. Um, and, you know... Uh, we, here um, I stand. We're going to we'll do it have, sometimes. We're gonna it's one of our largest crowds of the year, and half of the people will be guests. So I and would encourage. Cool. And they'll come back next Christmas Eve, too. Um, <laughs> so keep doing that. I'm, I'm sure they'll be great. If you stop, they'll go down to the church down the road every year. So, you so, know. So, unlike you, Josh, I think our church probably does the most out of all three of our churches. We right. have a ton of things happening. Um, so it starts with next Wednesday evening, we'll have our churchwide Thanksgiving dinner, which we do once a year. And then um, we actually scaled back one of our musical events. Usually we have three separate distinct weekends in a row with significant music events happening. Uh, we've scaled it back. So now we're only doing two this year. Uh, so one weekend will be um, a choir and orchestra concert. We'll do it on Friday night, Saturday, <clears throat> and Sunday afternoon, I think. And uh, I've got to look and confirm the dates. They're on my calendar. And then we also do um, keyboards at Christmas, mm -hmm. which will be like, I can't remember the exact number, six or eight pianos on the uh, grand pianos on the platform, all being played at the same time. Christmas music. It's it's a lot of fun. We have a lot of people come to those. Usually do two concerts for keyboards at Christmas and I think three maybe for the choir and orchestra concert. Um, and then we will do um, Christmas Eve services every year. I love the Christmas Eve services. I'm with Sam on this one. It is outside of Easter, probably the maybe the biggest services we'll have all year. We uh, are close to it. We'll, we're doing four on our campus this year that I'll preach uh, back to back to back to back. And then uh, we're doing one on the North Georgia campus. And uh, I mean, I love it so much that my family's going home for Christmas about four or five days before I am. And I will stay here, preach the Christmas Eve services. And then I'm flying home on Christmas morning. So I'll head back hmm. to our family Christmas morning and I'll spend, you know, that time with them then. And then um, let's see. And then, we, now, what we do for the staff is we do shut down the office from Christmas to New Year's. Basically, we take about a week where the office is shut down. And uh, we didn't used to do that before I got here. But one of the reasons we do that is because uh, there's almost nothing that happens in the office except for year-end giving. And so we have some special accommodations made for people to drop off year-end financial gifts. Mm -hmm. Other than that, we give the staff a break. And it's a benefit for them because they get some time off and they don't have to take vacation for it. And it doesn't really hurt us because there's really almost nothing going on here at the church. And Yeah, um, we, we do the we shut down our offices as well. But we, we it's, it's, you know, if, if you... 
aren't able to deal with like all of the busyness leading up to what amounts to Christmas Eve most years, you don't need to be in ministry. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's you know, right. It just, exactly. it's just that's part of the calling. It's, it's a busy season. Times. That's right. I mean, I hear y'all say that every year and I mean, it's slightly offensive, but that's just not the way I view it and I'm not going to view it that way. Everybody's entitled to their wrong opinion, Josh. We don't mind. We understand. <laughs> that's right. And we so, if you're listening and you, uh, you know, would rather be with your actual family and not, you know, appease consumer-driven churches, then um, there's nothing wrong with that. See, now, here's how well. I would push back hard against that. I would say if we can't be together to gather together to worship for the birth and the burial resurrection of Jesus, those two things, they're the most significant events on the Christian calendar. And to gather together to worship is not consumer driven. And here's how I know it's not consumer driven because the church has been doing it for thousands of years. I mean, those, those particularly unique gatherings. And again, I listen, I'm not offended that you don't have them, Josh. I'm just trying to sell you on having them. I, I think it's, I used to dislike them deeply. And uh, they've become just about my favorite service of the entire year. They're deeply meaningful, powerful, uh, and just fun. Families come together. I mean, it's really neat because you'll have all the families that are in from out of town, and it's their tradition. When Christmas Eve fell on a Sunday last year or two years ago, we did not do the evening Christmas Eve services. We just did our normal Sunday services as our Christmas Eve services, and man alive. Uh, it was amazing how deeply now nobody was angry, but it was just deeply disappointing to a lot of people because it's one of their most significant family traditions. Bring the whole extended family together and everybody goes to worship together Christmas Eve. I think there's something. In fact, I would argue that it's almost the anti-consumeristic uh, philosophy because Christmas is such a heavily consumer driven time that for us to put the consumer stuff aside for a little while and just go worship Jesus is a powerful expression of simplistic faith. And I think okay, that's Micah true. just threw down. So anyone that disagrees, um, <laughs> sorry, bam, there you go. M I think that's largely true Brainerd for the Baptist people who Dutton. are devoted Christians. But those thousands that show up just at Christmas Eve time because it's tradition, I don't think anybody rightfully can argue that that's not what's happening. Well, if it was just the sweetness of the spirit and the people, you wouldn't have five of them. So you don't do Easter services then too, correct? No, we do. Yeah, but that's the same argument, right? <laughs> no, I but mean, we don't do attended. Easter Eve and we don't do a month and a half of Easter parties <laughs> uh, or do Easter concerts. I don't think that's a bad idea. I think I think that's fine. I just don't think that saying that we don't makes me unfit for ministry. Oh, I didn't say that. You Sam know didn't say that. <laughs> no. Yes, you did, bro. You said if you can't deal with that or you don't want to deal with it, you're unfit for ministry because that's part of it. And it doesn't have to be part well, of it. Well, I think it what absolutely he said was have to be if you're not ready for all the busyness, busyness that comes with the Christmas season. And I mean, it doesn't matter what the church does. Christmas is going to be a busy season. Everybody's having right. their Christmas parties. Everybody's right. gathering together with family. I think... Sam's point is that it's natural for us in that season to gather together. And I could be wrong. Sam, correct me. But no, to gather no, it's, together it's like it, it's like signing up for, you know, and, and the nursing profession and and third shift and then complaining that, you know, you, you have to sleep during the days and work during the nights. It's like, well, that's what you signed up for. Um, when when you sign up for ministry, you know that certain seasons are going to be busier. They just are. And Christmas. I think that's true when I was not the lead pastor, but now I am and I get to fix some of that things. And I didn't sign up for endless concerts and parties. <laughs> I signed up to preach and to teach and disciple. That's what I signed up for. And I get that the church, but that would be just like arguing for tradition's sake. You just deal with it. 
And no, I, I'm not I going guess to. what I'm saying is that most people have off. They have a lot of off time. And when people have off time, uh, a lot of times that means that you're busier. So, you know, it just, I just, I get a lot of counseling. I get a lot of calls. I get a lot of emails because mm -hmm. people are thinking about things during the holiday season, Thanksgiving leading up to Christmas. And you should expect that rhythm and that pattern in our culture. So, it's not appeasing a consumeristic culture. It's working with the regular patterns and rhythms that are built into the culture. Um, I, think, I think my point is just that it is busy. Like, it is busy in general. So, I will have small group parties. We have staff parties, all this kind of stuff. Not against any of that. I think that's fine. I'm just not going to add to it. So, we don't... You know, the community will have lots of Christmas concerts. Every church will have all of these services. Every church will have multiple uh, Christmas Eve services, just not ours, because I am in a position to finally stop some of that and at least say that that's not necessary. It's not something that we need to do. And so, I'm not against it. I'm absolutely not against it. And, you know, when we lived in Dallas, there were churches that did these massive, over-the-top sort of Christmas productions and we'd participate in those. We'd go to them. We enjoyed them because that's what they did. But I do push back on the idea that like, you know, things are just the way they are and you signed up for it. So deal with it. Well, I'm a, I'm a leader. I'm a pastor and I'm going to change things if they are <laughs> unnecessary. So here's what I would say. I mean, obviously we have a lot of freedom to celebrate this however we want to. I love the, the busyness of the December season. And this is one of the reasons, by the way, I, I didn't even mention this. One of the reasons, by the way, that we celebrate Advent as a church every year. And I know that mm -hmm. that's, Advent is not historically an evangelical thing to do, but we celebrate Advent. And one of the reasons we do, we say this every year, is that Advent is our antidote to consumer Christmas. It allows us to walk slowly to the manger in a time when everybody's asking us to rush, 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 hop, you know, shopping and parties and all of that thing. And so, I love both the busyness of the Christmas season. I love the parties. I love the concerts. I, and I absolutely adore the Christmas Eve services. They're some of the most powerful services of the year. And I love them because I like the fact that thousands of people who don't come to church any other time of the year come during Christmas Eve and I get a chance mm -hmm. to tell them about Jesus. Uh, and so, I mean, I get your point, Josh. I'm not, hear me I, again. I think you're completely free and I have no objections to you guys celebrating Christmas the way you do. I just, I love the way we do it at Brainerd. Well, and, and that's the beauty of our congregational government system that this tribe that we're a part of. So, yeah, um, that's right. <laughs> we can have our opinions, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> Your yeah, church is exactly going to do what right. it's going to do. Do you like candles? We like do. It? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Our teenagers, um, are the candle lighters and they walk down the aisles and they give everybody the candles to light. And especially you wear a robe. I do not wear a robe. <laughs> I'll wear a, I'll wear blue jeans and a sweater or something. I, like I that. think you should go all in and wear a robe. I'll be honest. True story. I literally thought about buying a robe and using it for special services and weddings. Mm. Uh, just because, especially for weddings, I know some pastors who have worn robes during weddings and I, uh, because you never have to worry about what you're going to wear. You never have to worry about matching whatever you're wearing to whatever the bride and groom are wearing. You just wear a robe and it's super simple. Hmm. We light candles at a Christmas, at the Christmas service that we do on the, uh, the Sunday before Christmas. So, um, I love that too. And we don't have windows in our sanctuary. Mm -hmm. So, in my previous church, we had a couple of large windows, big stained glass. And so, um, that would really mess that up. And when we would, when we would do Christmas Eve services, the candles were prettier because it was, you know, nighttime and those sort of things. But, um, here, when we light the candles, it's, there's no windows, so we can really affect the lighting. And yeah, I really like the the candle lighting at Christmas times. I think it's pretty. 
and then you sing Silent Night together. Yeah. So I love a candlelight services on Christmas Eve. Do what? I like candlelight services on Christmas Eve. Yep. That's my favorite. Yep. I'm with yeah. you guys both. I like Silent Night while you light the candle. Yeah. Do, is there a certain song y'all sing or is it just it's Silent depend? Night? I think it's Silent yeah, Night. It's Silent Night. I mean, here's, here's the thing. When when you do these services, there's a certain level of expectation, mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, it, it's going to be classic, if not a little more traditional. And, you know, that fits our church really well. And, yeah, we have two Christmas Eve services, one at four, one at six, um, and they'll be packed out. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, I mean, we, we, because of the way Christmas works with my family, we do Christmas after Christmas. Um, so, that week between Christmas Day and New Year's Day is usually really dead in ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when it, you know, tails off is, and, and so that's when I do my vacation. Yeah, we will, we'll take off that week as well. And I think that, you know, that's a good thing since we're all doing it. It's, it's helpful if you are leading an established church. That's an easy perk to give. We don't require any PTO. Um, and in the past, most of us that were on staff in different levels, we would save PTO to take that off anyways. And so, we just kind of don't make people take vacation or PTO and just that week's off. It's a little perk. It's easy. It doesn't hurt the church like you said, Micah. It's a good thing to do. But only if you're really busy leading up to that, Josh, should you give that time off. Okay. I mean, I've said it 14 times, but yeah, it's busy. (laughs) I'm not adding to the busy. So, so y'all have your fun. I'll have my fun. And I'll see my family as well. Even when you're wrong, we love you, man. (laughs) (laughs) Sam, what other other traditions do do you guys have? Any quirky? So, uh, here's the thing that I'd love for our listeners to chime in on. What quirky traditions does your church do for Thanksgiving Christmas, this whole holiday. So we, There's something. I mean, we. I mean, a candlelight service. I think that's pretty common. common. But yeah. what? What is there? An odd thing, a quirky thing, or a nuance, or you know, something strange that I'd love to hear from our listeners. Tweet at us. Mm-hmm. That'd be a cool idea. Yeah, we. Um, so I tried to start a new tradition last year, and I thought it was cool, and I think our people enjoyed it. But staff overruled me. We're not doing it again this year. In our BX Christmas Eve service, we had uh, snow machines, and so at the end of the Christmas Eve service, we had a person in the church who's a news reporter. Um, actually, on the screens, one of the weathermen from the area came on and said, "Hey, there's a you know." Look, a weather disturbance over Brainerd Baptist Church. We're going to go to a reporter on site. And we had this reporter on the stage and she said, it looks like it's getting ready to snow. And then all of a sudden snow started coming down over the congregation. And, you know, they all got to go up and get their pictures with snow coming down around them. I thought it was fun, but that is fun. our staff overruled me. We're not doing it again this year. <laughs> so, one thing that I've tried to start at a couple different churches and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't is... So, when you go into our lobby, there's a large tree. There's a there's lots and lots of trees, but there's like a main one. Mm-hmm. And what I've always wanted is for each family in the church to bring an ornament and put it on the tree. And so, that turns into our family's, you know, our second family's tree and the ornaments there. The problem with that is they need to get them back because then we're managing, you know, you know, you take it back home or something, you know, take back your ornament. And so, that gets to be a little bit weird. But I love the idea of family. I love the idea of the church being the family. And so, you know how you have all these mismatched ornaments on a tree at home. Uh, I just thought that would be really kind of special and, and fun. And when we do pull it off, it is fun. And because you get all this personality too. Like they, they really go out and try to really, you know, show their personality. So, <laughs> I think that's a fun way to do it. There you go. That's very What do you cool. do, Sam? Well, uh, you know, 
don't, I don't know that we do anything odd or quirky, which is really strange for Florida. And you would strange think that, for you, Sam. I know. Yeah. I know. You would think that there would be something, but you know, we're pretty, we're pretty standard with, with what we do. We don't, um, we don't have any odd or strange traditions. So now, I would say uh, the, the, the more nuanced thing, the more unique thing would be uh, our Coco and Carol's, Carol's event where we get out and we just, you know, serve and minister to those who are homebound or mm-hmm. widows or in, in nursing homes. Um, but, but to me, that's not quirky or odd. That's just a good thing to do. Yeah. yeah. That's a nice thing to do. So now Sam on his on his to do list is come up with a quirky Christmas celebration for the church. Well, if if, yes. if our listeners tweet us in, he he might get a great idea. That's a good something. Please really cool. give me uh, give me some strange Florida things to do. Um, yeah. You know, we we're kind of we, we're um, we're not living up to our expectations. That I I, I I apologize to the listeners. I apologize to both of you. I wish I had something there. So so we don't have a whole lot of time left in the episode. I'm curious which. Christmas movie, and if you say Die Hard, I'll mute your mic, uh, is your go-to, it has to be watched Christmas movie. We sit the whole family down every year. Uh, we don't have one in our house. Really? Mm-mm. We're not big. I would mo- think that you have movie. like, well, do you have like 20? People. No, you we're, have to we're watch not big movie people. I haven't watched a movie in months. Man. I probably haven't watched a whole TV show in months. Hmm. A single episode of a whole TV show in months. I like. I mean, I'll watch some YouTube clips and I watch sports. That's about all I watch. I watch sports and Dateline because I'm old. <laughs> I like me some Dateline. What about you, Sam? Movie. I don't. I'm like Micah. I don't really do too many movies. You guys are but, crazy. Um, but I do know um, my kids like that one Tom Hanks animated train one. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I can't think I of do it. Know, I forget the name uh, of it. Something Express. Snow something Yeah, Express. the Polar, Polar Express. Polar Express. Polar Express. That, yeah. That's, that's a good one. They like that one. So, um, But for me personally, yeah, Die Hard or, um, you know, the Chevy Chase movie. If, if I was going to watch a Christmas movie, maybe Home Alone. Haddon really likes Home Alone for some reason. He really likes it. And, of course, Haddon has only been watching Christmas movies for two years. So, he doesn't really right. know Christmas movies. But he loves Home Alone. So, we like watching that. And I love Elf because I kind of identify with Elf. Elf's a good one. Elf I love, my, kid, my kids will watch that love one too. Elf. I love for, Elf. For me, personally, it's a Christmas story. I have to watch it every single year. Um, my father-in-law is that way. We we both really, really enjoy that. Mm, the the kids are kind of into it. My wife, definitely not. She can't stand it because her dad made her watch it every <laughs> single year. So, there's that. And then um, I'm a big fan of Elf. And um, also, my wife and I really just die laughing at Four Christmases, which is probably not appropriate to say on here, but Four Christmases. I don't so think fun. I've ever seen that before. Don't even know it. Um, I'm synced. I'll tell you about it after we stop recording. <laughs> um, all right. And so now Sam, everybody's tell us Googling about... it to find out why Josh is so reprobate, evidently. <laughs> so funny. Oh. Sam, tell us about Church Answers. Yes, yes. We got some good stuff going on at Church Answers. And for our listeners, we've got a great deal. Um, if you are interested in church revitalization and helping revitalize your church, this is a special deal offered only through our podcast. So, go to my blog, samrainer.com, click on any of the blogs that are EST blogs, and down at the bottom, you can get $150 off this great video resource, Four Steps to Revitalizing Your Church with Tom Rainer. Uh, so, again, that's at my blog, any of the the posts that talk about the EST show. Go go click on the link, go get it. It's, it's an 
it's an incredible deal. Love for you guys to to get the, to get this resource. Yep, that's all the time we have for today. Make sure that you tweet us your crazy, uh, you know, Christmas issues that you uh, deal with or the little things that you do, and uh, we'll we'll catch you next week. Peace. You've been listening to EST, a discussion for the established church. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. Thanks for listening.